Blog Talk Radio. Hello and welcome to another episode of Lectures of Fallen Wisdom. Today I'm going to talk about why the age of the atrophy genius is now over. It's been over for a while, but I'm declaring it officially over now. And the first thing I need to do is remind people that you can't die. Okay, even if you want to die, even if you want to commit suicide, you can't. That's the reality, okay? Now, do you want to live as an atrophied human? That's the question. Or do you want to live as a fully formed, healthy human and you want to stay that way? So what I'm trying to tell you is that every single one here today is physically immortal from your own perspective. That is, you are always living on perpetually, even though in several parallel universes, your body will die. So people will witness your death from their point of view. But from your point of view, you continue on. Now, I've explained this in a couple of the podcasts before this one, a couple of the lectures, I should say. But let me just go over it again because sometimes it's very repeating because I don't think people really understand this. This is a whole paradigm shift of how you view your life. When you start to understand what is really going on and what use the reality is of your body and everything that's the reality itself is quantum. That means that there are several possible universes of in, in many of them parallel to this one, you have died already. You know, maybe you've had some near death experience. That's usually a fulcrum where those sorts of things happen. In one in one reality you lived on and one continued. So you understand that no matter how many times you die in one reality, there's always one in which you live on. And your consciousness goes there. So people are like, well, is there life after death? Well, in a way, there is because as far as you know, that death never occurred. And you're just – it's another day for you in the, in the world. As far as others are concerned in a parallel universe, you're not having your funeral. And they're mourning your death. And there's just kind of no way to escape this. I mean, you, you can't you, – you can play it really safe and be alive in only – you know, try to stay alive in all the universes and not shed any corpses. But that will lead to a life of atrophy. And so essentially playing it safe is just as dangerous as playing it a little risky. Let me explain. What is this atrophy thing I keep talking about? What is the atrophy genius? For the longest time, we've respected scholars who have neglected their body and have instead devoted their mind to uh, finding out the truth and finding out stuff that, you know, scientists, um, thinkers, people like Albert Einstein. Alfred Einstein. Is it Alfred or Albert? <laughs> I'm like so stupid now, I don't remember. But the point is, is that this is, these are atrophy geniuses. Okay? They came up, in their little field, they came up with something that was just ultra elegant. And, and they sacrificed their entire body and well-being to arrive at 
some seed of knowledge that is usually just that it ends there. You know, people are known for doing that one thing. And these are the atrophied geniuses that have given us so much. And I don't want to take away for their, I think they sacrificed their lives to achieve a, a certain mental feat, a certain idea. And it's not needed. You can be just as intelligent as any of these atrophied geniuses without becoming atrophied, taking care of your body instead and treating it like the immortal vessel that it is. If you knew your body was going forever, wouldn't you change it? Wouldn't you think about how you were treating it on a daily basis much more than you do now? When they tell you, Basically, they're telling you your body's a junker now. That's what the message that's going around is, that your body is essentially this husk that essentially will leave behind and it's not going to go much longer than 70, 80 years. And uh, that, if it does, you should be happy. That's a long, full life. But the bottom line is when you get to 80 years old, and I've talked about this over and over again, but when you get to 80 years old, right, and you supposedly die after your long life, there's one couple of maybe more, even infinite amount, of parallel universes where, guess what? You didn't die, and you make it to 85, Okay. Now, you get to 85, right? You're in the hospital bed. Maybe you're clinging to life there. How many parallel universes do you survive there? Many. It's infinite. You'll never get out of a parallel universe. You can't kill yourself. That's the bottom line. You always end up in a different parallel universe where you live on. Now, suicide bombers discover this. A lot of people who commit suicide discover this. A lot of people who supposedly tried many times to commit suicide, they succeeded. It's just that in this universe, they tried, but in most, they succeeded. So they they realized that they can't kill themselves. Um, it's impossible. So you can maim yourself. You can um, degrade your body by eating really poorly, You by never doing any kind of exercise or stretching out or anything like that, you just kind of treating your body like it's just this car that you're going to beat up and who cares, you're going to turn it in anyway. It's a fucking lease. I mean, it's just kind of how people view their bodies these days. Guess who brought us that science that um, treats the body in that way, that that makes everybody's perspective that the body is this um, hunk of metal that we can bang around for 100 years and then kiss off to because what's the point anyway let's have a good time right let's get a rock off go on the demolition derby with this car what what has given us that perspective well a bunch of atrophied geniuses mostly a bunch of scientists neglecting their bodies hanging out in labs trying to get at truth which we know from Nietzsche is a woman trying to get at truth with their lab coats and beakers and uh glasses and, and poor eyesight and just everything unattractive that the woman of truth would tell would would doesn't want to even show her little leg to that person. The woman of truth and truth is a woman. Nietzsche was right about this. The woman of truth will show her naked body to a player man. Somebody who's got it all, not an atrophied, shriveled up scientist with a lab coat and a fucking microscope, nah. She's going to give it up to a all-around good guy player. Not just a, a dickhead player, either 
not somebody who's like conceited and doesn't have a vi- a, a clear vision of, of goodness. You know, somebody who has a good heart, but at the same time is a player too. And by that I mean is attractive, is healthy, is not atrophied, hasn't neglected any part of his body for the sake of knowledge because the bodily health is the central housing of that knowledge and it must be kept in perfect order as best you can. And you have to really listen to your body and do what needs to be done. What's a very important thing for the body is that your mind is satisfied, that your mind is is feeling accomplished in a certain way. And anyone who can con your mind or use any kind of truth to uh, even Pavlovian truth to make the mind do what it needs to do to feel that way, your body will not get some of the uh, nourishing it needs. It needs emotional nourishing. Emotional nourishing can only come from feeling accomplished. You can only become feel you can only uh, feel accomplished if you actually accomplish things think are important. This is why pursuing goals is important, not because of your future, because how are they make you feel in the moment when you accomplish them? That is very important because if you don't feel like you're getting anywhere in any progress, that's going to start to affect your cells and start to eat away at them. So it's a two-way street with the mind. Yes, the body must be taken care of with proper vitamins and eating and all that. But then the body must also be taken care of with certain emotional achievement, a certain sense, an emotional sense of achievement. And that can only be accomplished by, by, by coming up with strategies of forcing your lazy-ass body because make no mistake, your body's just a lazy animal. Forcing that lazy animal to get out of its routine and create something that the, the higher intellectual mind is proud of and sees it as a worthy object and sees it as something worthy of keeping alive. Because there's a higher mind that's controlling some of the very fine level uh, um I'm not sure what's going on, but there's some certain very fine level chemicals in our body that's been commandeered by the higher mind. The higher mind, which has the powers of, of God, is higher mind. If the higher mind doesn't see any kind of miracle coming off this this animal, it starts to convert it into an atrophied version of itself. And I'm not sure what the mechanism is, but in order to prevent it, in order to prevent atrophy, you must be pursuing certain, like just small goals, small goals, and then accomplishing them. And if you don't do that, you're going to have a problem. Now, I personally, where these, I, I've been kind of experimenting with nicotine. Nicotine is a very, it, it's a very descending drug. Um, if you smoke a lot of nicotine, it will turn you, it will atrophy you very quickly. So it has to be used extremely sparingly. Now, when the Native Americans used nicotine, they would fast for three days and go on the mountaintop and then put it in a pipe and smoke that, and they would get a vision. And that's a sacred thing. I mean, the, the nicotine creates a sacred uh, flash of insight. 
but when you roll it up into a cigarette and put a filter on it and throw it in a pack, people are just kind of blasting themselves with this sacred substance way too much, way to the point where it just it, it obliterates their sense of sacredness rather than enhances it. So nicotine, so also all these vaping people that are just vape two seconds a day with the nicotine, it's just you're scrambling your your entire um, orientation that way. You need to be very sparing with any kind of drug that you that you do, just so that you can appreciate it to have. And nicotine is a very strong drug. It's like a heroin when it comes to to addiction levels. So if you have an addiction to it, you can use it uh, as a as a training device to get your little goals done. You can you can use it as a reward system. And hold it, just hold it from yourself unless you get something accomplished, uh, something that that means something to the higher mind, something that signals to the higher mind that that you're spiritualizing this monkey into something much more. What's what's really happened is when we drop down into this earth, we inhabited the bodies of monkeys. So that's why we have we are evolved from monkey people or monkeys, but I don't you know gods. There maybe they're aliens. I call them gods, but they we were definitely like a higher being that that changed ourselves into a lower being and tried to change the nature of that lower being. And for the most part, we have we've done a lot of changing to what would have been probably just a, a wandering primate. But there's been a corruption. There's obviously been a corruption, and there's been um, detours that we've done just for the sake of evolution, and we're getting weeded out now. Um, a lot of people are getting weeded out. The, the atrophy mindset is completely getting weeded out, and so that's and that's that's what this new disease that has come about is preying upon. By the way, the atrophied people. Those are the people that are most successful that are most successfully killed by this, and so you want to make sure that you're just not atrophying. And what I mean is not aging. You don't have to age; it's not inevitable. And if you already know that you're immortal and you can't die, even if you want to, then you're stupid to age and to allow yourself to age. And you and you can, you're just like basically a plant on this earth. A plant, as long as you give it enough nutrients and water, it doesn't age, quote-unquote, the way we humans do or we animals, all animals do. And for the most part, animals that cause pure harmony will live on very long unless a predator takes them out. And the predators, they last very short because they're, they're, the way they have to sustain themselves is violent and violence in itself creates a certain energy that breaks down the cells and that's why it's important as a human to not engage in it at all because you don't even have to I mean of course there's self-defense and all that but for any other reason and even in self-defense you can usually get away with just immobilizing the person you don't necessarily need to strike back the point is, is that we are in a position now to immortalize the monkeys. 
but most of us are going to get weeded out. Most of us just don't buy it. They just think, you know, they buy the whole paradigm of death. And they understand that this is the age where the atrophy genius goes away. This is the age where there is going to be um, more and more of these pandemics just taking out the atrophy, quote unquote, genius. The reason is because they're ruining our society. Because that perspective, that perspective that this is a ticking clock, that we're essentially riding around in a, in a time bomb, created a society based upon the limit of time. And that has forced people to destroy the environment, to swindle other people, to focus so much on getting material wealth and, uh, so that they can enjoy the short time that they're here with. It's not short, okay? People who are really, really old, they start to understand this. You know, if you talk to somebody who's 80, you're like, hey, tell me the truth, man. Like, you're dead, right? Like, this is just you waiting around for this death, but you died many times, and, like, you don't know why you're here, right? A lot of people, a lot of very atrophied people are like, I just don't, I just, why am I not dying? Why am I not dying? And, and eventually they do in this parallel, but guess what? There's another one where they're asking the same question. So the question is, do you want to be that guy? Do you want to be the guy in the hospital bed at 90, frail as fuck, just trying to wait for the last universe to die off when it never does? Because that's hell. Or do you want to just be taking care of yourself? Okay? Take care of yourself. Because what happens is, my friend, a five-year-old, is decrepit in the, in the hospital bed. He eventually is there's one parallel universe where it's like he's like 200 years old in the hospital bed, and there's the technology to restore him to a young man, and it comes. But he has to live for like 100 years as a 90-year-old man. So do you, where do you want to freeze your age? You know, you can freeze it. I think you should freeze it at like 23 if you can. Uh, it might be a little late for some people, but you can backwards age especially if you're achieving little goals because the, the, the endorphins and the certain chemicals that come from achieving important, what you believe to be important goals for humankind, some great work of art, some great writing, some great music, something, some, a great idea for a business, you know, that's, that revolutionizes the world in a way that improves the world and improves humanity. If you can, with that, if you can work towards that goal and get little things accomplished along the way and get the feeling of accomplishment that you're actually doing that, not only will you impress the woman truth universe, which is watching you and will give you many, many women, believe me, men, and and the opposite is true for women. If you want, uh, you know, remember I was talking about in the last podcast how for each of you, your deity is essentially a beautiful version of your opposite sex or whatever sex you're attracted to. You're going to impress her by your accomplishment and you're going to simultaneously impress yourself and your cells will take that messaging down into your monkey body and immortalize it. Keep it young. 
you keep young by keeping hope and by keeping a sense of accomplishment alive. And you become very quickly age when you have resignation and you have regret and you have a sense that you are, you are just waiting to die. And that's how that's how most people feel. They feel like, you know, they have some hope, 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 and then after a certain point, they go over a certain threshold and they come back down and they start thinking about, oh, well, I'm going to die soon. Well, guess what? Even if you wanted to, even if you took a gun and blew your head off right now, you'd wake up tomorrow either with your head half blown off or 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 it never occurred or it was just a dream. Most of the time, it actually the way reality deals with it, they deal with it as a dream. You have this dream that you died, but you really did die, and in some parallel. And but you woke up in this one, you didn't die. It seems so real, didn't it? Well, guess what? It was. Dreams are essentially the reenactment of these, especially the scary ones. These these parallel switches, these parallel divergencies that occur. There's many, many versions of your life. And uh, you can tap into all of them the more you, the more oxygen you take in. And I, I've talked about that, how important oxygen is for uh, trying to understand these principles of these lexes. Because the reason why these lexes have become fallen is because our oxygen levels have gone way down. And that's the whole us imitating the atrophied genius. I mean, a whole school system is like, become an atrophied genius. Genius, you want to become a scientist? You know, it's weird how doctors, like, don't know anything about nutrition. It's because they're atrophied geniuses. And, like, there's some kind of clash of mentality there. It's like, so, this, you know, there's all these holistic doctors and stuff like that. But, you know, the whole point is, your your vehicle is, is moving, is going forever. So, it's not genius to be atrophied in that state, to understanding that and real and, or, and to orient your life in that way is the true genius to orient your life in a way that understands the importance of staying young as much as you can. Now, what is the central aging factor of all sugar in any form? And as much as I, um, love it and I think it's there's something there for, for reward system for Pavlovian reasons I don't think it should be banned but it should be used very sparingly as a treat maybe I personally don't think you should ever eat it because there's a lot of sweet things that you can create uh, without it um, but even food is, is essentially the primitive form of it, it it's a very quick atrophier without other vitamins so if you end up eating a lot of it, just make sure you're balancing it with a lot of protein and a lot of vitamins. Even then, it's deleterious, so we just understand that. That's one factor. But nothing is more deleterious to your health, the leading of your vitality, as you not getting certain things accomplished as you not making progress in a way that makes yourself proud and would make your the chick that you want to fuck you proud <laughs> or the dude you want to fuck you proud. So keep that in mind and stay focused. Remember the exercise, decrease, 
Look at Robert De Niro, the way he kind of looks when he gets mad. He's got the focus. James Bond. Those guys. Yeah, James Bond. Uh, most of the James Bonds, they, they have exactly how you want your brow. Especially if you're a man. Women, I don't know. Definitely keep your tongue at the roof of your mouth. Keep breathing as deeply as you can. The more oxygen you take in, the more you kind of envision all the parallels. And you'll and as long as you are taking in a certain amount of oxygen, you will never get depressed. But the minute you start getting depressed, it's the reason is because you aren't taking in the oxygen. The reason isn't some imagined bullshit that you're going to ascribe to that sense of depression. The reason is the oxygen level. The oxygen level is low. You feel like shit. As long as you keep your oxygen level high, you will feel very good. But it only goes so far. You need to be actively figuring out how to get this monkey to do the tricks you want it to do. So let's work on that. And I'm going to come up with some strategies for that because I'm on it myself. But thanks for listening, everybody. This is the Lectures of Home and Wisdom, and I will talk to you again very soon.